Welcome to the movie vault. Yes, it's outside. It's not outside the vault, but it is outside. We've transported the vault to the outside. Yes, the vault is where the heart is, is what we've learned over the past couple years. Right, yeah. It's it's not really a physical location. It's more of a state of mind, maybe. True. But this is our... We're back to video, hopefully, and we'll see how this one goes. Because um, this is for sure going to be audio on Spotify and whatever, but... If the video works, then that's good. Yeah, and we have a really nice setup here. We're right behind a koi pond that has one fish in it. We built it just for this. Yeah, it was it was a lot of work. All day spent out here uh, trying to uh, get this perfect setup. And we finally got to the point, the setting sun, the cool breeze that you probably won't be able to hear over the audio. <laughs> um, and just go get, go get, take off your blanket if you're snuggled up or... <laughs> Take off your shirt if you're a guy yeah. and go outside or something and feel a cool breeze while you listen to this so we can experience it together. Yeah. This is kind of like one episode. I think it's the, the Tron episode we did in front of, we had a, we were around a fire and that was sort of like just a very relaxing atmosphere. That's how I feel right now. That's when we said the most about ourselves. Was it? No. I need to go back and listen to that. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I was like, that might, there might be something to listen to there. I have no idea. And it's a windy one, as you can see, yeah. so I apologize if uh, it's uh, in the way. So, today we will be talking about, we delayed it a little bit, but we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm. which just came out this year. Uh, it is directed by Sam Raimi, stars Benedict Cumber- Cumberbatch, um, and some other people. who I Etc. Etc. Benedict Cumberbatch is the main guy. And it also stars Elizabeth Olsen. I know I should remember who she is. Uh, I'm not even going to pronounce, try to pronounce this other person's name. America Chavez. Benedict Wand, whoever plays America Chavez, not going to try to pronounce her name. And uh, Michael Stuhlberg and Rachel McAdams. The Rachel McAdams reference is like, she's in like five minutes of the movie, but she, I guess she's kind of important. Not, no, she's actually not. The music is by Danny Elfman, legendary uh, composer who yeah. has collaborated with Tim Burton, I believe. I'm very surprised that he's still doing Marvel movies. Really? Yeah. Has he done any other ones? He's done a lot, actually. Interesting. I can't remember which ones, but I know for sure. It's edited by Bob Murrowiski and Tia Nolan. And it came out May 2nd. So we've had some time to think about this one. Or was it May 6th? Yeah. Okay. And so far it has made $723.5 million to a $200 million budget. That's a lot less than I thought. The second week it dropped, I think, around 67% in numbers. So I think it had a really successful first 10-day run. And then after that, it kind of fell off a cliff. So that's kind of an interesting... It had one of the biggest openings, though, right? Yeah, I think it did have a very large opening. Like $175 million for the opening. Yeah. Like night. Yeah. People, I think, thought it was going to be record-breaking. But it, like I said, it kind of fell off a cliff, which might say something about what people think about the movie. I believe... Let's see whether we can get this number right. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's maybe like 74%. What is the percent for Rotten uh, I think it's like below 60. Oh, okay. Um, That's like a big range. I know. You can get a D and get, be fresh. I know. It's kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, the Rotten Tomato system is like you get rewarded for being a little bit above average and everybody thinking that you're a little bit above average, which is kind of interesting. So, like, if your movie is like moderately good, it could do better than a movie that's like some people think is really good and some people don't like. So they could be like 1% off. One gets a fresh rating, one doesn't. But someone can brag about the fresh rating in a commercial. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so, I mean, 
I think the Rotten Tomatoes generally is like if something's like really low on Rotten Tomatoes, it's usually bad. Like it doesn't get the bad movies wrong very much. True. I think Morbius got like in the teens. Yeah, and but that was the best movie of all time. So that's like uh, it's true. Proves Rotten Tomatoes is not always right. Yeah, I, yeah, it's not always right, but like most of the time it is. So Sam Raimi came into this film, and uh, this is a guy who I always thought was interesting to be sort of known for superhero movies considering his origins with the Evil Dead franchise. Have you seen the Evil Dead franchise? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it either. But from what I've heard, there's a lot of practical effects. It was very revolutionary. And it's probably more of a style over substance film, if I could guess correctly. Maybe. But then you watch it and you're like, this is so good. It's artistic. Yeah. I'm guessing I would like it if I watched it. No, I think I think it's supposed to be like that campy horror because I yeah. hear, I hear everybody talk about it. They say it's campy, um, but it's intentionally campy, right? Yeah, and knows what it's doing. Yeah, and people say the first one's not as good. I think the second one and the third one are in people's minds better. I have heard that the second one especially is like people like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then he also he did Army of Darkness, which is like I'm not super familiar with, but I know that he uh, is well known for it. And then he made a little movie called Spider Man. In 2000, what was it, 2002? Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield? Tobey Maguire. I'm just joking. And he did a little movie called Spider-Man 2, which may be the best Spider-Man movie of all of them. It definitely is. Yeah. Either that or Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, but live action. Yeah, best live action Spider-Man is Spider-Man 2, probably. And then a little movie called Spider-Man 3, <laughs> which I think kind of burned him out of superhero movies for a while. For like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he only made two movies in between... This movie, he made Drag Me to Hell, and it was so back to horror, and then Oz the Great and the Powerful, which I think was an okay movie. That's what I heard. Isn't that the one with James Franco? Yeah. I'd, you know, it's one I heard about, but never really paid that much attention to. And then he's back with Doctor Strange, which I think I've heard that people were a little bit surprised that he came back to yeah. superhero. Especially, movies. I think it was this. So, like, you're like... Okay, they brought back Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man No Way Home. Spoiler, after I said it. And now he comes back to direct, like, a Marvel movie, the next one. So it's just kind of strange, I guess, no pun intended. But it's just like, was that the reason? But they already had him as a director before Spider-Man came out. But I was wondering if they had the plans for um, Tobey Maguire to come back beforehand. I, I mean, I think that was probably planned. There was rumors of that for a long time, right? Before the movie, or was yeah. it just a little bit of time? I think as soon as they revealed that the villains were going to be in it, I think everyone kind of knew that. Yeah, the heroes. I think that the, the other Spider-Man were going to. It come was like in. a two-year anticipation of the multiverse of different Spider-Man coming together. So it's like it was almost like even if they made a different movie, they would have had to put the Spider-Man in. Otherwise, people would have. Yeah, detested it. Yeah, people probably would have hated the movie. It was like they were they were almost cornered into it. Although they only had themselves to blame probably for doing that if they didn't really want to do it. I think it worked pretty well in in that regard. Although it did make a movie that was pretty fan servicey. So then we also have to address the elephant in the room, which is that there was another director who was supposed to be a part of this project who is who had creative differences <laughs> with Marvel. Which probably means he got fired, but I'm just guessing. I think they. I think he did get fired. Yeah, like I, I like Scott Derrickson, and that's from watching. He's not like a prolific director. Like he hasn't directed that many movies. He's mostly known for Sinister and Doctor Strange. Like really, that's kind of it. Um, but Sinister is a fairly interesting. I wouldn't really say it's like amazing or like top tier horror, but it's pretty good horror, and it's 
a little bit shocking, a little bit on the shocking side. It has, I think the ending is fairly satisfying. Yeah. But it, it's still a little, like, small scale. And yeah, the Doctor was, Strange was good, right? This is low budget. Yeah, it was low budget. So this is, like, a big step up for Scott Derrickson. But then, I think it was, I think the argument between him and Disney was the rating. I think he wanted to be R. He I probably think- would have taken this movie in a completely different direction. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't really agree with the direction that they were taking with, like, Wanda and, like, including the TV shows. Like, if he was going to go a horror direction, I feel like he would have figured out a different way to do it with mm-hmm. the doc. Maybe still using the multiverse. I'm not sure. But, like, maybe more, like, uh, um, Stranger Things-esque where you yeah. have, like, aliens or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, crazy, but kind of contained and not oversaturated in other storylines. Yeah. I think that's the reason he wanted it to be R, kind of to be distinct from the rest of the MCU. Right. And um, there's, is is Blade going to be R or no? Or is Deadpool? I, I don't think Blade's, Blade's going to be R. Deadpool has to be R because it's the third of two rated yeah. R movies. So Deadpool will be the first Kevin Feige-led Marvel movie that's rated R. But they'll probably try to market it like it's not really part of the MCU, I would guess. Because they haven't fully switched the X-Men universe over to Marvel y- yet. But this, this was the first start in this movie, though. Yeah, that's true. And we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think with the direction that Marvel is going and what I know about Scott Derrickson, it makes sense that they didn't... His vision would be different. And that's probably why they parted ways. Scott Derrickson is doing The Black Phone, which looks like an interesting movie going back to his roots in horror so hopefully that's successful i really i read a lot about scott derrickson in the past and i think he's a, a pretty good guy so i'm like rooting for him but it, honestly i hope that this turns out to be a really good career move do you think getting out of the mcu and then for sam raimi who's probably in more of the latter and end of his career it's probably a good move because he can do something that he's somewhat comfortable with while also trying to push the bounds like in his own way like he already has some some concrete like standards like there's going to be people telling him you have to do this and this and this and then he can put his own flourishes on that which is why i was surprised that he came back because he he had full direction of the spider-man movies true but he definitely didn't have full direction of this yeah no he definitely did not so he had to have been in agreement or just seen something in the story or that made him one or it was just too much money to turn down i don't know (laughs) he used up all his money since 2006 (laughs) it could be that it could be that you know, if, if Marvel comes calling, the paycheck is just too great to say no to. That's true. Do you think that the Scott Derrickson movie would have been a better movie? I think maybe as a individual movie, it would have been better. But I'm not sure it would have connected well. To Now, I'm not necessarily saying that this movie, and we'll get to this when we get into the direction of for the MCU. But I'm not sure that... Scott Derrickson would have done a better job of connecting this to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I think it might have been a more interesting individual movie. Or maybe, say, if Sam Raimi had more control over the movie, it would have been more interesting as well. Although, the campy aspects... We'll get into this, but we had a couple problems with the campy aspects. Yeah, that's true. And that's what Sam Raimi's known for. So, do you still agree with that statement? That if you gave him more reign, that he would do better? Well, because I think if he could break the Marvel formula more... And you could buy the campiness a little bit more; it would be better. But, but how the campiness comes across in the MCU, I think, doesn't really work that well, especially in a dark story like this. Yeah, and I think I gotta watch the Evil Dead because I wonder how that if it's so acclaimed, 
then the, the you know the campiness and the horror work together. Yeah. And whereas I don't think it did in this movie yeah. as well. And there might even be aspects of humor in the evil that I'm not positive about that, but just because there's campiness, I don't know. So then I guess that pretty naturally leads us to where what direct what is the consequences of this movie in terms of the direction that the MCU is going to go in? Because this was being built up as like the next big thing for Marvel that they yeah. were building towards. Um, do you think that it being that big of a thing was like did Marvel and Kevin Feige directly say that, or is that the fans being like they thought that this was going to be the next big thing? I think the trailers misled us. Okay. Yeah. I think I think so. I stopped watching the trailers after the third or second trailer, and I think the trailers said like they made it seem like when when um so like Professor X comes in at the end of the trailer says we should tell him the truth. I was expecting that to be like a huge thing, like between the multiverse, X Men are coming in, you know, stuff like that. But in the movie, it's the truth that he was telling him was that that version of Strange was bad, which like I feel like I expected that he hit a statue and Wanda said he was why is he the good guy. So I feel like they set it up to be intriguing, but it wasn't, you know, like in WandaVision when they, they set up Ralph Boner as Quicksilver. Yeah. And people expected it to be Quicksilver because it's the same actor and he had the same clothes on and the goggles, but they didn't make him Quicksilver. I feel like that's kind of how the trailers led us to this because I I was expecting it to be the next big Civil War tentpole, whereas it really was just a... A sequel, you yeah. know? So, what do you yeah. think? I, I agree with that. And I think something that you said kind of struck struck me that they're, like, using what they want the fan. They know the fans want. And then they're, like, subverting that, which can be good. Like, subversion is something that... He's about to bring up The Last Jedi. Well, okay. <laughs> the Last Jedi might be a bad example. But subverting audience expectations is something that is almost... It's been done a lot now in movies like it's a big thing that like if you can make the audience expect one thing because they've seen so many movies at this point that they're used to certain storylines and then you can have some sort of thing that subverts what you're doing uh, in an unexpected direction that you haven't seen before people kind of like that or they or some people kind of like that and are drawn to that but the problem with it in this movie is that the subversion it's not very interesting like it's it's like a like they tease you with these things, but it's like they're deceiving you. But they're not really subverting your expectations because they're not doing something like revolutionary and how they subvert where you thought it was going. They're just, uh, I don't know. It kind of peters out and doesn't feel like it accomplished much. Yeah. Like by the end of the movie, you're like, it almost feels like everything has been kind of wrapped up, right? Yeah. Like the multiverse is done. Yeah. I'll, however, I'll, I'll add to that. So it could have been done well. I think that. If they did not reveal that Professor X is in the movie, imagine how big that would have been. Did you True. know that he was? I in the didn't movie? know he was going to be in the movie, but okay. I, I had only seen one trailer, and I don't remember him being in it. I could have just forgot. Honestly. His face isn't shown; he's just his voice. Okay, so I see. I wouldn't have even known that that was Professor X's yeah. voice. But like, if you think about it, like eighty percent of Marvel fans that are obsessed with this movie are probably like thinking there are going to be more reveals, big twists than that. But that still was the big twist, and I think the marketing of that. That's why, out of all the things that we say about Sony, you know, Sony's kind of messing up their own universe. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, besides Morbius, it's great. But they did not put any of the Spider-Man or even hint. I mean, they hinted with the villains, but they didn't put any of the Spider-Man in the trailer. Yeah. And the way that they came in was so unexpected, you know, through the portals and stuff like that. And I think that was, like, a brilliant way to 
get people in because the vil- the old villains are in, but then to even give more. But that's just fan service at the end of the day. I'm just talking about the best way to give fan service isn't to put the biggest reveal in the trailer besides the biggest yeah. reveal being John Krasinski, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. When John Krasinski came out, like everyone was excited. And then they, the interesting thing, and uh, I talked about this on, uh, so I went on Backstage Cinema with Jaden and Ike. We reviewed this movie. Uh, and so go check that out. Go check out Backstage Cinema on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Um, and and we talked about how one of the things that they did was they revealed all these like interesting characters in this multiverse and then they immediately killed all of them, which is like not a normal move for Marvel. True. So it's like, okay, now we have John Krasinski. Everybody wanted him to be Mr. Fantastic, right? Um, yeah, that was like yeah. the, the biggest now, fan like cast. he's dead, I guess. But in another multiverse, he could still be. They are bringing right. him back. That was a test run. Right. You know okay. that. It was yeah. like they were seeing yeah, They're definitely bringing him back. But it was just an interesting thing that they did that I was like, okay, I can get behind that. Like, And they, they killed them in interesting ways too. Weird kind of campy ways. Uh, which gets into... Yeah. Who's the one guy who like could speak and then... Black Bolt. Black, Black Bolt? Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Okay. He, so he's in... You probably don't know this. So no, I don't know this. I had to look it up to make sure after the movie. But... I think it was like 2017, 18, 19, or 16, I don't know. The Inhumans TV show on ABC was going to be like the next big TV show after um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it was supposed to be connected. It had eight episodes, did terrible. It was, I watched it all, it was absolutely terrible, I should have stopped. And that was the Black Bolt from the show. That was the same actor. Oh, really? So they, they confirmed that the Inhumans are real, but I don't know what they're going to do with it. Because nobody likes that iteration of the Inhumans. So they have to, like, change them even if they're keeping some of the same people. Yeah, because it was too soon to recast, I think. Like, yeah. I mean, unless you're a Spider-Man, you can't recast that soon. But, no, yeah, they haven't really done that. But it was like a it was like a weird, unexpected thing. Like, why would you bring in the most, the least rated... Although Black Bolt isn't, like, a very big comics character. But yeah. why would you bring him he in? He seemed like a powerful character was maybe yeah. why they picked him. Yeah, I mean, you saw the scene on, on Titan when yeah. they killed Thanos and he was just speaking and killed him. So. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so the final thing in terms of direction is, this is the first movie that had actually Im- very important TV show tie-ins with the MCU, and that's from WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And basically the whole setup for Wanda's character, Wanda becomes the Vision here in Doctor Strange multi- or the Vision. Did I say the Vision? The villain. <laughs> I was like subliminally thinking about uh, uh, Vision <laughs> and how he wasn't mentioned that much in the movie. So, uh, she- she's the villain in this movie. And she does all sorts of stuff. She's very powerful. She can dream walk into other multiverses. It's pretty cool. And all the build up, all the setup for becoming the villain comes from WandaVision, which I think, okay, I haven't seen most of the Marvel TV shows, only WandaVision and Loki, but I'm guessing that those two are probably two of the better ones. Yeah. Those are my two favorite. Yeah. Um, but Loki did not really tie in at all. No, I kind not, of expected not, not it to. really. Yeah, that was another thing that people were expecting it to tie in, and it didn't really. Because those are two big tentpole multiverses opening franchises, and they didn't re- they didn't even mention each other. Yeah, like Doctor Strange didn't even say the multiverse just opened. You know, right? I don't know, right? But. And so the tie-ins, you could go and watch this movie and probably not have seen Wandavision, but it probably would make yeah Wanda's character a little bit more confusing and give. Like, in terms of, like, trying to connect her from the Wanda we know, knew from uh, Endgame. Endgame. 
and the Wanda in Multiverse of Madness. So different. That's true. You almost need the TV shows for that to make any sense. The last scene that we see Wanda, she's looking. O- she's finally over Vision's death with Hawkeye, and she's looking at the river, say, like saying like they would be proud, you know, Nat and Vision. And then like all of a sudden, she comes in ten minutes into the movie. She's the villain. Right. <laughs> And, and uh, I think she is generally good as the villain, and it's kind of interesting, but I feel like the ending kind of let me down. Um, and now I guess we'll get into the, the themes of the movie and uh, talk about that. So, first of all, we have to talk about America Chavez, because she's the new character, and she's the one who uh, is able to jump from multiverse to multiverse, yeah. essentially. I. She was... Okay, I liked her, but she was really a plot device, if you think about it. Yeah. She was a Christopher Nolan actor <laughs> or character. That's true. She it was, she didn't have a lot of background. She was given a small amount of background with her parents and like losing them or something yeah. basic. And then, basic. And then uh, and then it was sort of a basic plot line of like, I need to find my powers and believe in them. Yeah. And not just be afraid. Yeah. What'd you but think? she's also like confident, but she's scared. I don't know her. Her character's a little imbalanced, but maybe that's more realistic. Like, maybe if you knew you had powers, you wouldn't be as scared. She's a teenager. That's yeah. what teenagers that's, are. I guess that might be. Ben and I are still in that stage. Sort of accurately, accurately represented. Like, you feel like you're invincible, but you also feel like your life is completely out of control and and uh, you get kind of scared. And so, how about the giant eye alien at the start of the movie, too? I just, like, I'm not sure that I was a huge fan of that. It kind of threw me out of the movie. The only thing is, I expected that because that is. I've read Doctor Strange comics, and that's the type of storylines in every Doctor Strange See, comic. See, but the thing is, maybe they did, just didn't do a good job of, like, making the audience who's... Maybe it's my fault for not reading the comics and not realizing that that's no, what Doctor Strange it's not your Strange fault. You shouldn't like. be expected to do homework for movies. And so, that maybe was like, okay, so it, it felt more like Rick and Morty, right? Where you got these wilds, yes. and that makes sense with the multiverse. Yes. Like we saw with uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once last week. Yes. You know, there's going to be crazy stuff because obviously in a multiverse, there just would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just kind of off-putting at the start. But it was, I mean, it was a little bit cool. And then we have Dead Strange, of course, at that point. Yeah. Who becomes important. Also a plot device. True. Um, I did like the opening scene, though, with him. It was yeah. kind of cool. It was a good opening. But regarding America, I feel like they introduced her well. Like, she was needed in the plot. She's not like a side character that they introduced for yeah. no reason. Yeah, no. Um, she's needed. But they didn't really give her much to work with. Right. Yeah. Um, besides the end. Do you think she has longevity? Like, is she going to be in other movies? Yeah, probably. I mean, she will probably. Young yeah. Avengers type of thing. Yeah. If they do that, which I think they're building. There's a lot of young heroes now. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she kind of fits the mold. She could... She has potential, probably, to be more interesting. Do you think she'll be a sorcerer so now that she's training? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. With yeah. Wong, right? Yeah. I was hoping we'd see... Uh, um, Ned from Spider-Man training oh, yeah. there. Like, they, that would be cool. Like with, with her. And yeah, be, I kind of forgot about that plot line. Yeah, that would be very cool. If he that. becomes a wizard, that would be cool. Although I'm not a big fan of everybody becomes a hero storylines. Like, because if everyone becomes a hero, then nobody's a hero. And there has to be like more a higher level of super above above the people who are normal, right? Yeah, they can just keep go- going up and up and up. Yeah, that's They're true. more powerful in every movie, so... Yeah, it's it's definitely true. It's hard to compare the powers because somebody's fighting against somebody who seems more powerful, and then somehow they get an edge. Like, how can Captain America fight some of these villains? I don't know. <laughs> he has to have the Avengers, now. I guess. That's the answer. Captain America had the heart. That's what it was. Uh, Wanda is... We've already mentioned that her storyline is extremely important in this movie. 
And I labeled it misplaced ju- justice. So it's like she has this sense of like she went, she's been wronged. I don't know who she believes she's been wronged by. Is it the Avengers? Is no, it she's Thanos? not at the Avengers or th- I think is it the universe itself? Yeah, the multiverse. Because the multiverse. She's yeah. she's mad that she there are lots of worlds with her family. And she's and she in one get that one. she doesn't get. I mean, just imagine one. Yeah. Like, you have a life that's so great in another multiverse. You'd be like, I would kill myself. Like, I don't care about myself. Get rid of myself. I would think that. But, like, it's a very morbid idea. Right. Um, yeah. That you can't. I, and, again, every multiverse storyline tends to go that direction. True. Like, would you replace yourself in another? And Rick and Morty, they do it. Every episode almost. By necessity <laughs> or something. And it's like you. And then they even start to be like, it doesn't really even matter what universe they're in. Because it's like that one episode in season five where they're like, uh, they're uh, like the puppet version of themselves or whatever. Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Yeah. That was the crazy. That was the one that really messed with everyone's head in terms of multiverse stuff. right? Yes. Because they were trying to do like a canonized thing and trick the audience into not doing canon. Well, because they they were trying to figure out who the real Rick and Morty were, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, So, I mean, you can obviously go a lot of directions with a multiverse, but some of it is like, would you try to get into the best, multi- like the the best scenario for your life? I mean, theoretically, in a multiverse, there's a perfect life, right, for you individually. That's somewhat what version of yourself is living because you made every right decision, I guess. Hmm. Um, so I don't. I mean, it would be impossible to find it if you could go because there's too many. True. Although, thinking of the title of the movie, Multiverse of Madness. Oh, also, I have I been calling it Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in. Because it's Doctor right. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And it's something that I didn't realize until I, like, read a little closer. So, I apologize if I made that mistake. <laughs> People are so mad at you. Ben. I know. They're rallying. I was. I probably have labeled the episode wrong or something. But it really was like a Age of Ultron. It was like a weekend of Ultron. We only went to one or two other multiverses. And then you had that fast scene of going through all of them, like the paint and the oh, yeah. skulls and stuff they like that. They did that. They were like, we'll just throw this in there. It but was it, a lot less daring. Like, that's why everything everywhere was so good. Because it really yeah. dared. Like, it went to there. The, the cra- it embraced sort of the whole a- aspect of multiverses. Yeah. Whereas this movie only did easier things to tackle. Except for the exception of that scene. Yeah. That's why I was kind of like, if they only went to that, was it 818 universe? Because yeah. there's 616. Or I don't know what their other universe they went to. But, like, they were... That's the only place that they went. And you expect Multiverse of Madness to go to, you know, a bunch of different places. Right. But they spent half the movie in one. Right. And the point is is that she wants to replace, have her children, right? So, she's doing everything in in trying to replace the Wanda from that universe. Well, is she also, she sits sitting on the throne of, of uh, what's that, that place, you know... There's like a statue of her and like all of the dark statues. I can't remember. It was the, like a mount something. Yeah, it was way in the middle of nowhere. She made Wong take her there. And so she's dreamwalking in the other universe. Um, and I think the concern is that she's going to implode the universe. The, to implode the universe together. What's it, what's it called? They like go into each other. Yeah, what's that called? I forget what it's called. It probably has some fancy name. Incursion. Incursion. Yeah, it's going to start an incursion. So that's just between those two multiverses or will all of the... I think just, I think those, it's just two. those two. Because so you already maybe, saw one that was yeah. dead. Maybe that's why they affect. picked those t- only two because they're like, okay, we're not saying that all the multiverses are exp- 
imploding. It's just these two will. I think that's interesting because you can explore that way more. You know, the rules. They're actually setting rules now. Is right. It, but, I mean, they're not going to follow them, of course. Right, because no. as soon as it's not convenient to follow them, they'll try to find a way to explain why that rule wasn't... Yes. Uh, they didn't understand that rule or something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, she had misplaced ju- justice. Like, she felt like if she joined this world, then she would feel like she was... Had, her wrongs had been righted. She could have children. Now, Vision wasn't in this universe. So, no. she wasn't trying to replace Vision. Which is sad, because she loved Vision. But she obviously loves her kids more. I think that was apparent. Yeah. Although, no mention of Vision is odd. Yeah. Um, it's just one throwaway line. Yeah. So, so uh, but then eventually at the end of the movie, she realizes that the kids aren't going to accept her as their mom. Because she's, she's, she's gone through too much, like, trauma and, and different things in her life that she can't act like the other Wanda from that universe. And yeah. that, especially the way she enters. Yeah. It's like... I mean, it kind of is like, it's probably not her plan to enter that way, but it was kind of caused by people getting in her way because they realized the danger of the incursion. Um, and so she realized like, oh, this isn't actually going to make me feel whole because these kids are never, never going to accept me anyway. Yeah, that was a good scene when the kids got scared of her. Kids aren't the best actors, but it was a good scene still. Yeah. I also think another aspect, which they kind of did in WandaVision, is they're too afraid to make her the actual villain. Right. Because the Darkhold had a hold of her, too. Yeah, and then by the end of the movie, she's not a villain anymore? No, because she makes the right choice, and then Strange is like, yes, she made the right choice. Whatever. Um, I'm tired of redeeming people, like Loki and stuff like that. No, I'm not. I'm, Loki was good, but you can't do it with everyone, right? No, because you can keep redeeming and redeeming all these villains that make money. But if Wanda was just a full-on non-villain like villain without the Darkhold... I think I would have liked that better. Although this was still a good thing. Yeah, you would have to start to make other motivations for what she was doing, though. Yeah. Like, other than her kids. Like, yeah. she'd have to start, like, it, like wanting the power that comes with having the Darkhold. Like, I don't know. And, like, the way that Strange ultimately stopped her was odd because he started dreamwalking in from a universe that was failing with evil Strange who had the third eye for some reason. And then... <laughs> And then he dreamwalks using a dead body that looks very strange and it's supposed to probably be the campier aspect. And then you got all these like demon things that are in horrible CGI. It's just kind of like, I don't know. The CGI in this movie is not the best. But so this gets back, this gets to Doctor Strange who's learning to not be in control, right? Yeah, not to hold the, not to be the one always holding the knife, referring to cutting open someone in surgery, always being in control knowing what's right. I mean, not what's right, but willing to make that sacrifice of one person for the rest. Because they try to talk about the decision that he made in Endgame to give Thanos the... Oh, time stone. The time stone. Yes, the time zone. And, and the time zone. They don't... <laughs> they don't really address fully... I don't think they ever really resolve no. whether he made the right decision or not, but it is interesting. Well, he I, did make the right decision. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that there's people who are questioning. I never thought about that. But there'd be people questioning whether or not he made the right decision. Although Dr. Nick already hated him, though, from yeah. the first movie. Yeah. Isn't it, was that Mark Duplass? I don't know. In that first scene from Creep? I can't remember. The guy he talks to in the wedding scene? Who's yeah, the that was doctor? Dr. Nick. I can't remember his name. I, I don't know. I, it looked like Mark Duplass, and I was trying to figure out. He's one of the other physicians. That's not as competent, Strange says. So it was good that they kind of got to talk again because Strange is still very arrogant no matter what storylines he goes through. 
I don't know whether it was actually Mark Duplass, but I was I thought it would be cool if the guy from Creep was somehow in the Marvel universe. <laughs> but uh yeah, so he has to learn to not be in control, not be a surgeon, not be, like he's growing, I guess in a sense, but I think either Jaden or Ike made this point. He kind of seems like a secondary character in his own movie. Do you agree? Oh, no, I definitely agree. That was the second biggest problem I have with this movie. So, with that, it's like his character development kind of takes a backseat to Wanda's. And I guess America's, even though hers is, like, not the strongest, but we're being introduced to her. So, yeah, kind of makes sense. Yeah, Wanda's was the best storyline, in my opinion. But I feel like if they explored Strange's decision with the Time Stone, him not always being in control a lot more. like Or, like, a little bit more turmoil, like, inner turmoil. Like, yeah questioning himself like he still has this outside confident persona so we can't really see like internally what he's going through as easily we needed some way to for that to come out and i don't think it ever really did the only scene that they have is when he's talking to the stranger with the third eye and he says that his sister died donna or she drowned or something and that's the only that's the only thing that we get from all of and then he says he was too scared to approach right um, rachel mcadams mcadams at the end yeah um but he and then he he becomes close with the other rachel mcadams which is weird oh i forgot rachel mcadams did have more scenes because she was playing another yeah uh Ra- or what's her character's name i forget i can't keep track of all the love interests in marvel there's too many yeah i, I kind of forgot that she existed i'm gonna be honest because i haven't seen that first doctor strange in so long dr palmer dr palmer christine palmer yeah, yeah. um and and there's a couple of i mean we kind of glossed over like the middle scene where they introduce Black Bolt and uh, Reed Richards, uh, an alternate Captain Marvel, and uh, Captain Carter. Yep. Was she the one with like the England Shield? Yeah, she's in What If. Okay. See, I haven't seen What If either, so yeah, didn't know that. And then Professor X. And so there's this whole like they call it the Illuminati, which I was like, why did they pick that? But it must be in the comics. It so. is a very big comics uh, team, and it's like the multiverse team for the leaders of each team. So like you have the leader of the X-Men, the leader of the Avengers, the leader of Wakanda, all leader of Asgard, all meet okay. for the Illuminati. So it's like, um, it's like the UN. Okay. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. And, and they are, tr- why are they trying to keep them? So they think Dr. Strange is more dangerous because Dr. Strange encounters, um, as somebody he met who was, uh, what is his Mordo? name? Carl, Carl Mordo. Uh, says, yes. And I forgot about this guy completely, yeah. who was kind of, like, against him in, in the original Doctor Strange as a sorcerer, but I forget I, I forget kind of how he ties in, but I just know that he was... So, the, the one from the 616 universe was actually the one who invited him into Kamartage. So, then, at, by the end of the movie, Strange breaks a lot of rules to defeat Dormammu. Oh, that's right. So, then, Mordo gets really mad and says he needs to get rid of all the sorcerers. Yeah. And so, in this universe, first he embraces Strange, and then he believes Strange is the most dangerous thing ever. And I don't think he embraced him. I think he's lying. He was lying. He was yeah. just being deceitful. Yeah. Yeah. So, although this is their, this it's the Illuminati, but that's like their Avengers, right? Right. Kind of. It seemed like in this universe, it was their Avengers. Because that the universe is obviously... Thanos. Yeah, true. But the interesting thing is, Thanos wouldn't have attacked in every multiverse, but he must have been a decent amount of multiverses, right? You think? Yeah, it's like a fixed point, I feel like, because all the Infinity Stones together, I feel like you could make up something. Couldn't other people have done that, though? I guess. Are there fixed points in the multiverse? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. It seems like... No, it doesn't. If the multiverse is infinite, 
Is the multiverse infinite, though? Like, is there infinite universes, or is there a finite amount of universes? I don't know. These are the questions that will never be answered. <laughs> That's true. They probably don't know, is the thing, is that they can't really say. Whatever plot they want to do next, like you said. Well, it depends on, how, I guess, how you think about what the, the multiverse is. Like, is it literally a bunch of universes that sort of are, or is it, uh, like, they explain in everything everywhere, where it's like every decision creates a new universe? I like that one, because that's the one I'm used to. The, yeah, that's the most, I think that's more of a philosophical idea, like, yeah. like, you live in the only universe that actually exists, but there's these multiverse of universes that don't really exist that could have existed if people made different decisions, right? Yeah. That's not like, it's not like they're real, but it's like they could have been real. And then you get into the whole predestination. Versus well, that just means that everything exists. Yeah. In some multiverse or another. Uh, but I, for this specifically, I feel like it's going to be annoying, but I feel like they need like some type of exposition to explain loki in terms of this in terms of spider-man in terms of you know wandavision all of those things in moon knight there are so many gods and realms and universes and powers that aren't that are not the same rule sets but in each franchise they follow the rule set yeah um, it's yeah it's gonna be it's confusing mm-hmm. it's unsustainable the level of things that they're trying to do and keep them consistent i think so like Mo- they can't actually make it consistent. True. Probably. I think they're trying though. So in Moon Knight, they compared the Egyptian afterlife to the ancestral realm in Black Panther, um, saying that whenever someone dies and goes to the afterlife, their culture or iteration is where they go, um, which is more like a transcendentalist type of view. Yeah, but, but that seems like it'd be hard to define because what if you are like sort of a mix between two cultures? Like, where do you go? Like. You can have it's a door too, between both. It's too concrete. Like I know. Yeah. It, it's, it is strange, no pun again. But it's just like, they need some type of annoying exposition. Annoying, because it yeah. would be annoying. Yeah, to like uh, connect the dots. Yeah. Because it'll be like somebody being like, uh, it'll be trying to be, they'll try to make it natural, but it'll be forced. It'll be forced, yes. And, yes. and then they'll go on it and they'll sit at a table and they'll talk about, like, this is how this works and this is how this works. Yeah. So that the audience is just not so confused. Unless they did it like in a really, really cool TV show. Yeah. Like if they did it like um, Marvel the connecting points. Or if they did like a TV show about a guy who studies like all of these different things and he like connects them. That's a while cool going idea. On an adventure. That's a cool idea. So then they can exposition while being a really philosophical show, but they're not they don't have writers like that. No, they don't. <laughs> I was thinking yeah, I don't know what that reminds me of, but I'm like that that's a very would be a very self-aware way yeah. to understand the universe. Like yeah. you have somebody who's in the universe who's trying to understand what's going on. Maybe, like, they don't know anything at first, and then they start to understand more and or more. Or they come back from the snap. Yeah. Yeah, and then it, like, gets them on this trail of obsession, maybe, yeah. like, Jake Gyllenhaal and Zodiac or yes. um, something like that. So, so we have some ideas. So, Kevin Feige, r- give us a ring. Yeah. Give us a, shoot us a text. DM us on Instagram, DM at us. the Movie Vault Pod. The, so, so, Secret Invasion supposedly comes out this year, and that takes place in the five years of the snap. Okay. Which doesn't make any sense because Nick Fury got snapped away. Right. Okay. And he's the main character. So, who knows? So, maybe they'll explain something there, but I doubt it. I think it's the next big crossover Avengers level thing. Yeah. Based on what they're saying. So Wait, is that going to be a TV show? Yep. Okay. So, it's going to be the most interesting thing. Most ambitious TV show yet. Okay. Yeah. So Probably so. Besides She-Hulk. Yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> now, if... You feel like you might be inciting an incursion that could damage your, your auto, your home, your business. 
So you're going to want to call Hedman Anglin Agency. In every multiverse uh, that I'm aware of, yep. they exist. Mm-hmm. And in every multiverse, they provide the same great coverage mm-hmm. and they help people save money. So, And in every universe, every multiverse, they also have the same num- phone number. <laughs> it's a fixed point. And that's 614-486-7300. That's 614-486-7300. And in every universe, the movie vault also exists. And you can say that... Uh, that Ben and Zach sent you to them so we can get you your cardboard cutouts that are still sitting in some abstract Getting dusty idea. in we're our getting in dusty. our minds. Yeah. In our Eventually, we're going to pull this offer. So, it's, it's you act soon. You only have two more years. If you have any questions, <laughs> I can try to sell you on their insurance. So, DM me too. Email us, themoviewallpod at gmail.com. Yes. Or if you don't have Ben's, send it to me and I'll send you Ben's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right now we're gonna get into Britta moments with Britta perry but i forgot this is something we for completely forgot i don't know if ben remembers this but i completely forgot about this segment that we used to do for like the first 30 episodes yeah we did this for a long time and then i just sort of like we just stopped doing it I was it when why. we took the six month break it might have been honestly i just forgot like i like the segment but i just forgot about it yeah so there's several moments in here we have some written down and we'll try to go off what we what I the notes that I have. So, uh, what there's a moment that Zach brought up that America punches Scarlet Witch, and she says, "Well, I didn't bring it. I talked about it before." Yeah. Oh. Well, that's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. Well, he punches her, and she America says, "Like, uh, uh-uh, uh, like you're not gonna d- beat me." And then <laughs> Scarlet Witch gets back up and says, "Uh huh." <laughs> I was like, that is, "That's the cringiest thing I've ever seen." Like, yeah, in a Marvel movie. Yeah, not their highest moment of humor. Uh, also, another example is Benedict Wong's. They explain like oh, all this, and then the mu- something's gonna kill you. And Benedict Wong was like, "No pressure." Yeah, that's a joke. Yes, when they defend the Karmartage, yeah. that was a great. I love that scene because the defense of the Karmartage is like a natural thing. Like they're not forcing a big battle. It's like where she would go, of course. And her saying, "This is my mercy," or whatever. You know, this is yeah. me being reasonable. I thought that was great. And the mirror scene. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That mirror scene was cool. It was. And she came out of the gong. That was cool. Yeah. And the puddles. Like, why do they have so many puddles in Comartage? They're there all day. They can clean it up. But uh, I uh, specifically Wong, like saying that in that scene was a very tense moment. The multiverse rested on it and they make a joke. The jokes were Ben and I's biggest problem with the movie. Yeah. that's And that's the next thing. The humor, I describe it as feeling very self-aware in a bad way. So uh, I'll reread the synopsis because it kind of fits in with with what I did. I read this again on the episode I did with Backstage Cinema and I said for the synopsis of this Doctor Strange movie, Kevin Feige and his team pulled out all the stops, giving the reins to Sam Raimi in hopes of catching some superhero magic to inspire the same uh, some life into a formula that like a hit song on the radio has been a bit overplayed. However, did they actually take the series in a new direction or did they just make the most epic community episode ever? And the reason I said that was because a lot of the humor... And this movie started to feel like they were acknowledging, like, the humor. And they were almost, tra- like, parodying themselves at times. And I don't know that I can directly say, like, it just felt like anytime there was a joke, I was like, this references back to, like, oh, we're Marvel and this is what we do. Uh, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That was, maybe I was reading too much into it, but that's how I felt. Like, no, that was definitely it. Because this is supposed to be, this is probably why Scott Derrickson left. Yeah, he probably read the script. Is like this is terrible, but uh, I think if there wasn't jokes, it would have been up a whole point out of ten for me. Yeah, 
People fell in love with Marvel because they were able to fuse humor into superhero movies pretty well. But the thing is, not every that doesn't work for every superhero. Because like when you go into Guardians of the Galaxy, or now if you go into Thor, which they kind of rebranded, I guess in yeah. a way, you're like, I expect this to be like the stakes are high, but not so high. They're not supposed to be seriously high to the whole universe, uh, and it's supposed to be funny, and the leads are supposed to make jokes, and I don't even think the original Doctor Strange was that funny, right? It wasn't. They had a couple things, like, referencing Beyonce throughout the movie, and, like... Yeah. It was a little... I did not like But it's like, they can't... It's like, they just keep putting their hand back in the cookie jar. They can't help themselves. Well, it's the problem with all Marvel movies. The yeah. The quota of jokes and connectivity that are needed within a movie. Sometimes it feels like there's an algorithm. Yeah. And they... they for they like when we say a formula it's like they actually have a formula and they're like okay we have this plot we want to do these new things and then we want to keep these things we need x amount of jokes spaced here 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 and here and then we need uh x amount of references to old characters and nods at characters that people want here 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 and here and we need to connect it to the other plot lines here 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 and here and then in between all of those spots we get to do the new stuff and and like but the problem is you have so many things that they have to have in every movie that you lose all of the like creative vision that you could have from these directors that they're bringing in. No, I completely agree with that. I think the standard or the quota that they put on it kind of made the movie, t- took me out of the movie a little bit sometimes. Yeah. It's amazing with the level of talent that they have coming in in terms of directors that these movies are not being elevated in terms of like quality of True writing, and True. filmmaking, storyline specifically. Yeah. I think of storyline like yeah. you could have. It doesn't need to be CGI every scene. You could have a great storyline with like the iron, the original Iron Man movie, like that. Yeah. The CGI was limited to the suit and the blasters, and that was a great movie. I, I yeah, much more practical. Yeah, and do you think that they're stuck with this now? Like the reason that they're not doing that is because it would, it would like. It would be like The Last Jedi, like, they'd be, like, ruining everything that they yeah. built up. Like, do you think now it's just, like, they just build it too big and now... I mean, their chance to stop this, they had it after Endgame. Yeah. They could have decided, but they... Again, it's like they couldn't keep putting their hand in the cookie jar. They had to make a new Doctor Strange movie. They had to make... They had to keep the old characters and not kind of, like, reboot it, like, with a soft reboot. Yeah. I guess you could still keep keep some of the characters with the soft reboot. But yeah. it feels like they're... They didn't close off... They kept some storylines open so that they could start this new thing. But this new thing doesn't have as much of a defined direction. And I don't really trust where they're going as much as everyone did previously. Yeah, I agree. I thought that we would have a full idea of where Marvel is heading by now. Yeah. But it's been a year and four or five months since Phase 4 began with WandaVision. And we still don't know what's happening. No. We still don't know where Marvel is It feels like we're not getting any payoffs. And... You're like, oh, it's only been a year and four months. You, don't, you shouldn't expect past. But we've gotten so much stuff. Yeah. Like that, like six or seven TV shows and like s- six movies. We got five movies last year. Yeah. My goodness. So so with the amount of content, you're like, it should speed up the story, but it's not. It's just they're they're going too wide and not deep at all anywhere. They're, they're like, they're spreading themselves too thin. I think maybe one of the concer- concerns with where they're going. Although I don't think that what you, you said, your question was, are they stuck? I don't think they're stuck. I think this is what they want to do. I think this is Kevin Feige nerding out on a retreat. He goes on a retreat every year and they plan out the next you know year or so at, like on their plan. 
So they went to the retreat a couple weeks ago, and I'm just imagining him like nerding out with all the comics that he read as a kid, and having the time of his life, and liking it more than other things. Because have you ever made like a personal movie, like uh, yeah. on your phone or something? Yeah. Like you like that because it's something that you made. It's something that what you inspired, right. or you were inspired by something. I think Kevin Feige specifically has control, and I think he likes that it's very comic booky. And I think people are getting tired of it. I don't know if he is yet. Right. But they're trying to give us new, exciting storylines. But I don't know. But I'm not sure. And they are in a sense. Like, they're do- They're not doing the exact same thing. Like, I'll give them credit. They were trying to push the bounds with this. They, I imagine with Moon Knight and with Loki, they've tried to push the bounds with some of them. I've been like, that's interesting. I liked what they did there. But I think, like you've talked about, it seems like every ending episode has been kind of anticlimactic in a lot of the tv yeah, the shows, shows yeah. and so it's like they're having a hard time sticking the landings of the concepts that they have like they're high concepts but they can't quite figure out how to make them all work uh together so i mean the mcu is the most ambitious thing that's ever been done in film like it's essentially trying to make comic books into mo- like like they're it's like they're serials like comic books are where they just keep going, 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 but they're movies. So it costs a lot more. There's a lot more, there's higher stakes in the business world for them. And they seem to be harder to ignore than if they messed up a comic because comics, they produce at an even higher rate and are quicker. So you can forget about them easier. Yeah. It's harder to make mistakes in uh, the movie making world. Cause there's a lot more time and money invested into uh, what you're doing. All right. On a little bit different note, I had written down Evil Strange as kind of, I wasn't sure he was my favorite just because like it was weird. I don't know. I just feel like he kind of didn't fit that well into the movie. Uh, He's not that bad though. The third eye was kind of strange, but again, I imagine that's like, I didn't get what the point of the third eye. Like, is there some sort of like thing? It's when you use the dark hold. Okay. Gives you a Or when you dream walk with the dark hold, you get a third eye and they haven't explained the significance yet. Honestly, although now that I think about it, that might not be my least favorite thing because I did kind of like how they contrasted the characters of the two, even yeah. though the Doctor Strange we know was using the dark hole. Well, it's a full comic book thing. Yeah. Thir- like, he has a third eye. Maybe in lots it was of that they didn't comics. extrapolate. It felt like they didn't have enough time to, like, really well, they didn't explain dive as deep it. as they yeah. sh- could have. And so, maybe it's that it was cool, it could have been cool, and it didn't really turn out to be that all that interesting. And it looked kind of fake. Yeah. The, the CGI in this movie, again, was... It was campy, which worked sometimes and didn't work a lot of the time. Yeah. Because I, I think he's known for working with practical effects, Sam Raimi. And he did in Spider-Man, I believe. Yep. Even though they use CGI. Yep. But now he's they're not really using practical effects, as far as I know, in this movie. And it doesn't look as good because they're trying to make the CGI effects look practical. And they could have utilized Sam Raimi's strength of practical effects in movies but maybe they thought they wouldn't look like the other MCU movies, so it would kind of look out well, of place. I think just the ideas that were presented. But now that they're in the required. multiverse, they have the chance to have an excuse for why they could do that. Yeah. So. I think CGI I is required when you have a cape full of demons. That's true. Um, how, how are you going to use practical effects yeah, to do that? That's It's pretty hard just based on the content. We got a street racer over there. Yeah. But uh, I think going off of Evil Strange, the trailers made it seem like he was the big villain. Right. Which yeah. I was okay with. I was okay with thinking he was a big villain and su- getting a surprise villain. I was kind of liking, like, Doctor Strange fighting himself. Like, that would have been cool if that was a bigger plot But that's point. so overused in the MCU. Okay, yeah, you're right. But, 
I prefer Wanda as the villain. I think that was the only, you know, thing that was subverted that I appreciated. Whereas we got, you know, the trailer spoiled every single thing. Yeah. And I think they set up Wanda, like, kind of good where when we first saw her, it was like, oh, she's recovered now. And then you realize, oh, she hasn't. Like, I kind of bought it. Like, I didn't, like, I tried not to do too much research, so I didn't really know that she was going to be a villain. I'm not sure that other people knew. I didn't know. Yeah. Because the trailer said it was different. Yeah. The trailer seemed like she was going to be good. So I was kind of like, I'm okay with that. And then they changed it back. And I I did like that. I like that she was the villain. I mean, I'm not surprised that she's a villain. Like, completely. Like, it made sense. I was like, okay, she's a villain. And I I thought she'd have that arc. Yeah. But I was expecting there to be a bigger bad than her. And when we could probably talk about her ending then, where she just implodes herself. Is that your, um, I kind of forget about, I forget about this. This happened on. Because it's forgettable. I can, I can, uh, Jaden, I was like, made some sort of joke in there. Like, well, she did kind of die at the end of the movie. And I was like, I kind of took a double take. I was like, she did. (laughs) And I just like, it was like, I walked out of the theater and I didn't remember that. Yeah. Maybe it was forgettable, but the fact that they didn't actually show her die means she'll come back. Um, yeah, probably. Because Marvel should come back. So she like imploded in on herself after she realized, oh, I can't accomplish this. I can't get this false sense of just Yeah, like justice. she has nowhere else to go. She's going to let the multiverse be. She knows she can't get her children. She knows that they're being taken care of by the good Wanda. And she has nowhere else to go. So she has to destroy herself before the Darkhold keeps a hold of her. Gotcha. She's the prophesied Scarlet Witch that will destroy the world. And that prophecy never came true. So that might still be a thing, you know? Interesting. Yeah, so they could still bring back evil Wanda. I guess they still have a road to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we mentioned the no mention of Vision, but I feel like we already covered that. Yeah, um, it's, it's just, just kind of odd. And then I had thought of another thing. The jump scares. They tried to incorporate jump scares into this movie. I thought that with maybe the exception of Wanda coming out of the gong, that they all just fell flat on their face. Like, they, like the, for this movie trying to incorporate horror, I was like, and this is where the humor comes in as being a bad thing. You're trying to make a movie that people are scared of. And then you're also cracking these like corny, dumb jokes. <laughs> like it doesn't work. You can't build yeah. an atmosphere where people are scared. Right. Yeah, true. Like, so anything that happens, you don't take us seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's already like you're fighting an uphill battle. Like it's, I mean, people aren't going into Marvel thinking that they're going to be scared of it. Like, or, you know, it's just not, and they don't set it up to be super dark so that there's things that you could be scared of. But it's not so, so yeah, it's not, it's not scary at all. And so I mean, it has horror influences in terms of how it looks in some parts and maybe it's a little bit gorier and it's a little little bit bit more violent than other, uh, than other Marvel movies, but not in a way that's like insane. Like people were claiming this should be a rated R movie. I was like, there was a couple points that I was like, okay, maybe no, it's kind of, it kind of rides that, uh, that, uh, uh, dark night line where it's like, there's a couple things that they kind of hint at that you don't really see that would be pretty graphic but they don't really show it so it's not but the dark knight actually felt gritty and dark whereas this movie did not so because the jokes yeah because and jokes. the colors and it was like those colorful. The colors it was which i'm fine with i'm fine with it being colorful i'm kind of fine with the mcu being colorful it's just not scary it's just not scary right yeah. it doesn't build that atmosphere and yeah. so if they were going for like anybody saying that this movie is like insanely good like i heard people talking about how it's gonna be horror it's gonna be, oh my gosh and i think even after people were saying yeah, it's like goes the directions of gore and violence that no other MCU movie has done, which might be true. But it's like if you're anybody who's seen anything, like, it's like Saw, Saw, or like, <laughs> like 
I mean, I don't want it to go to saw levels. That's completely no, unnecessary. But it's just a but it's like claim. to realize. I mean, you just have to be aware that this movie doesn't really push that far in those directions. Yeah, true. I don't think it was close to R. No, I don't. Yeah. Um. So now I'm gonna comp- we're gonna compare this use of multiverses to other uses of multiverses in popular media. So I'm trying to think of every. Thing that a multiverse has been used in Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, everything everywhere, everything yes. everywhere. This is there anything else? Uh, I'll I'll just look up multiverses in popular media. I feel like you always have those Freaky Friday TV shows, where like they meet another version of themselves from another universe. I oh guess. yeah, I've read like teen drama books where it was like uh, they accidentally go into another universe where their ex boyfriend's going to kill them or something. Wait, uh. Donnie Darko? Oh, Donnie Darko, yeah. Is that that's kind of multiverse kind of. Yeah, that's a multiverse. See, Donnie Darko is a very tasteful use of two multiverses. No, okay, multi it's not a multiverse, is it? Cuz it's it like It could be. It's two universes it's that are two separate. two universes that are separated that they have like a connecting point. And with Donnie Darko, it's kind of like an incursion. There's a, yeah, it is. There's like a whole lore. This isn't like there's the end of the world mm. and if he doesn't do the thing to save then his world ends. Then his world ends. So it yeah. is like an incursion. So this is not a new idea. Yeah, because it was the rabbit or whatever that thing was. It was from another, was from the other world, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, Frank. Yes. Yeah. He was from the other world. Um, so yeah, I guess that would probably be my favorite. Yeah, that's the best. Because the thing that that movie does well is, and sorry if we, spo- I mean, I don't think you can spoil Donnie Darko. Who cares? We did spoil a long time ago. But the movie will... It it doesn't explain what's happening. So it allows for you to be wowed by when there is a reveal. So... And and the thing about those kind of movies is... they um, The good thing about Donnie Darko is that it has other aspects that are good. So it's not solely based on the twist or whatever. Um, but... You know, that's definitely my, I mean, it's my favorite movie. So obviously it's my favorite. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't think of that right away. No, I didn't think about it because it doesn't, it's not in your face. It's not multiverse. You think of world. Everything everywhere is in your face about being multiverse. Rick and Morty. I wouldn't say Rick and Morty is in your face about being multiverse because they just, it's kind of just talked about like it's fact. Like this is just what they do. They don't, they don't time travel though. No, they don't time travel. Um, That's specifically because the creator didn't want it to be like. Uh, Doc and Marty from Back to the Future. Right, which is based on... Yeah. Oh, Back to the Future. Wait, no, that's time travel. That's like, yeah, that's more no, like different multi- branches kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be multiverse because... But that's They have to go that's, change... That's us inferring about it. Yeah, that's true. I never mentioned oh, it. Oh, I guess that. the Flashpoint storyline and Flash, which will be coming out... Did you watch out, the Flash? I haven't seen the Flash. Uh, but I know about the Flashpoint there storyline. Is, there is a metaverse in the Flash where there's different versions, but it's a very poor... It's, I don't know. They're, the rules aren't, the rules are less explained as they are in the Marvel Universe, if that puts it for you. Okay, I have ultimatepopculture.fandom pulled up, and it talks about multiverses. And there's too much stuff to really talk about this. But they're all recent, right? This gets more into, like, what different types of how multiverses could be, and less into it. Which maybe we should do an outside the vault where we research multiverses and different ways you could do it. Yeah. At some point, that might be cool. But yeah, I mean, it seems like now, like I've talked about this maybe before, but there's a lot of meta humor, post irony, irony, um, a lot of terms that are thrown around that you see in memes and in 
just pop culture in general and in TV shows like this that has become more and more popularized. And now it's getting to the point where it's like, when will when is it going to happen? Well, no. Well, when will we start going the other direction? Like, when will we start going away from this kind of stuff because we've been doing it too much? Or when someone solved time travel? Yeah, I guess. Come so. on, think about the 1800s. They didn't think that we'd have cell phones. No, they nobody thought, thought about witchcraft. cell phones. They thought we'd have flying cars. I mean, you should watch Black to the Future too. I don't know. I leave science open. Yeah, um, I guess you're right. Although I don't actually think it'll happen. <laughs> no, I don't think it doesn't really make sense. But I suppose there's the only way it makes sense is in the interstellar way. Yeah, right? yeah, near the where black hole. Can, so that's actually like a legit theory by Einstein is the whole yeah. thing in Interstellar, where you can actually travel forward. You can't travel backwards. It's just well, forwards. no, that, that's actually a real thing. So the yeah. the closer you get to the speed of light, time changes more yeah. based on a constant that was just a bunch of constants yeah. that were. Discussed. So that's likely a way, the only way that you could time travel. And I, it's, it's argu- just you're moving time it's differently. Arguable that that's not really time travel. Yeah, like there, I should show you a video. It's actually really interesting. Sorry. Other people are just aging faster than you are, pretty much. And it's like, it's not even that it's different. It's like you experience it different. Yeah, but it's weird. I, I like it's a legit theory, and it's like I don't. I mean, you can't. Nobody has experienced it. It's the logical but, conclusion of what our physics are set up in this world. Yeah, it's the logical endpoint. So if it's real, if it's not real, then it's inconsistent. Unless we yeah. discover something else. Unless we discover something that disproves it. Yeah. Uh, and that so that's the only thing maybe in science that could really if there's more ability to travel through space but who's going to want to be the volunteer to try to figure out whether that works or Elon not. Musk <laughs> one All right and uh so now Zach I'm going to have you explain we okay. now that the Marvel universe is so complicated who's at the top who's running the show here Okay I'll try to go from the bottom to the top so at the bottom you have Sam Wilson's Captain America. Okay, the least powerful um, superhero. And Hawkeye. And Kate Bishop. And I apparently, after watching Hawkeye, Kingpin's underneath that. <laughs> um, no, I'm just joking. But really, you got, like, the salt. You got the Avengers that have, like, they're just enhanced. They're superheroes. You know, they got, like, an injection or something scientific like based on science. like humans that are, like, slightly more powerful. Yeah, it's like The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like The Rock. <laughs> Captain America's like The Rock. And then you go up to the next level, you have gods. So, like, that's Thor. Um, that's the person who gave Black Panther Bastet the, um, er- the herb that makes him the Black Panther. And then you got, like, the Moon Knight gods, like the Egyptian gods, like Khonshu or... Uh, Were those explored in um, the Eternals as well? So, the Eternals are celestials. That's okay. way, that's way... I think that's above everything else. So, the gods are just creatures. They're actually creatures, but they're creatures who are elevated to the point that they're, they're considered just ha- above. They're creatures that have more access to different realms or different powers. Okay. So they're not like they're not like going into religion as they are making them creatures, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like Thor, you know, people believed in Thor a long time ago. Um, Norse, right? Yes. And so, you know, no people don't really believe in him now, as far as I know. I don't know anybody that no. Well, there is uh a small camp of people who are Odinists, I believe. Okay. But I don't know what, whether those people are but, like legit actually believe or whether But Thor's just, an alien though. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. So like with Khonshu, but like they have different, they have more powers. Like they can go to the afterlife. They can have avatars. So like Khonshu is, or Moon Knight is the avatar of Khonshu. And then there's a lot of other avatars and stuff in there. And then you go up. But So then Bastet too is like the Black Panther. That, that's like, a, so Bast is the Panther God also Egyptian, so it'll correlate with um, Moon Knight. And 
Bastet's avatar is going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. So it's just crazy. And then you go to the next step and you have, in my opinion, the Celestials. Okay. Those are the people that have, they they can teleport. They can go to different realms. I'm not sure if they can time travel. So I'm going to put time travel above them with Kang. But the Celestials give birth to planets. Like every planet is an egg of a Celestial and they create, they condense matter to create life. So that's like the next step. Then you have Kang that controls all of that. So I think that's the hierarchy you got. Like- Which Kang is such a weird person if you watch him in Loki to be on top of everything. But yeah. he, he is because he is controlling the time. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to really understand, but he's at the, he seems like he's at the top of the totem pole. Yeah. And you could do a lot with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I think that's the hierarchy. But again, we need a, need a TV show to explain that kind of stuff. Right. And you got humans on, on the bottom. That's yeah. us. Or the least. Absolutely. Well, I guess Hawkeye would be a human. Yes. He has no powers. Yeah, He's a no. shield agent and uh, Black Widow. Yeah. They're at, they're, so they're at the very bottom. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like... like yeah, they're, they're just like you and me. Just like skilled humans. Yep. Humans who worked at a skill and like got the rock. good at it. Like the rock. Yeah. <laughs> they're like an FBI agent or something. Yeah. Well... Some FBI agents might not really be that skilled physically as much as they are just investigators. I don't know. But anyway, I, that was my one way to try to tie everything into Twin Peaks. But I just couldn't help myself there. Ben's obsessed right now. I'm obsessed with Twin Peaks. Kyle McLaughlin as uh, Dale... Oh, shoot. What's his name? Dale Carter? I can't even remember. I can't even remember. I know his name's Dale. Hmm. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah. Everybody's talking so about it. So, if, if you want to watch the best TV show of all time, even though I've only watched the first four episodes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, well, Dale Cooper. Far. Dale Cooper. So, it, get, it catches you in quick. Yes, it does. Okay. It gets you in. It gets you invested. I'm trying to get Ben to watch Arrested Development, which is what I'm watching right now. I want. I will, eventually. Russo Brothers. I have a really long list of TV shows that will probably take a long time. Yeah, to but you do. like Community, so I, this is the same type of thing. Yeah, so that's you true. put it up. I probably can watch. It's probably more casual viewing, so I can watch it at the same time as something that's more like true. draw, like draw you in, like large storyline type. True. Thing. Yeah. All right. So one, of our final thoughts on uh, Doctor Strange and in the mom. I wish it was a tentpole MCU project that it said it would be, and I wish it was a little bit longer. It's kind of quick. Although I like Sam action, Raimi, quick, efficient. I like Sam Raimi. I wish Doctor Strange had more of a story arc. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I'm not surprised, if that makes sense. I'm not at the point where if Marvel doesn't live up to my expectations that I'm mad at this point. I'm numb to it. Yeah. So I think, I- yeah, I think that there was a lot of false hope given by Marvel that this would be some sort of, like, thing that would continue on. I think that's a big thing that Jaden and Ike hit on was that, that I think Ike was especially harsh on this movie, but it it doesn't build towards anything, it, it, or it doesn't seem like it builds towards anything. Maybe there will be some small parts that will eventually become important, but uh, I think that's a little disappointing for fans who are expecting something else. Um, it doesn't work well on its own. So as an individual movie, apart on, as not apart from the MCU, like there's other movies within the MCU MCU that would be way better to watch like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 or uh, even Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Or Iron um, Man. Iron Man. Uh, 
the first Captain America, as much as it's not really my favorite, this good, fine standalone movie. Yeah. Um, but this movie completely doesn't work like that, but also doesn't build towards anything, so it doesn't reward you for being not a standalone movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the disappointing part. Uh, so ultimately, this movie gets about a 6 out of 10 for me, I believe. I'd probably give it a 7. 7 out of 10. Yeah, somewhere between 6 and 7 is fair. I think I might have said... I can't remember. I might have said seven on their podcast, so I feel like it's come down a little bit in my head. Um, I think you went to a six. By did the, I get by the end? Six, of it. By the end, yeah. So I'll stay consistent. My ratings—it doesn't really matter. I just—it was mildly entertaining, but also fairly disappointing to I, what it could have been. I maybe. give it a seven because I love Doctor Strange. He's my second favorite. So it's yeah, just but like, even if you like Doctor Strange, the that he's not really the main character leaves li- you a little... I know, I know. I like his story arc. I just wish yeah. it was explored more, though. Yeah, you're right. It was a brief... It was a good but brief story arc Yeah, of Doctor Strange. Yeah. All right, with that, are you ready to close the vault? I guess. In our head, because it's a mental state of mind. Like Should we have said. someone else from the multiverse close it for us? Let's get Multiverse Ben in. What is Multiverse Ben? You can only enjoy this from the, the, the visual of it. <laughs> oh my goodness, what's he doing? Ben's having fun with the visual already. Okay, the multiverse Ben doesn't... Hi, I'm multiverse right. Ben. Oh, I'm I'm a lot clumsier than the regular the Ben from Universe 616. Oh, great. So, uh, Doctor Strange in my universe is, is a whole lot better. Um, it... it uh, Scott Derrickson First of directed all, um, George Clooney. Uh, this thing on. George Clooney <laughs> plays uh, uh, Doctor Strange in my universe. Oh, here's what happens in the movie. Uh oh. <laughs> That's the multiverse of madness. Um, Brad Pitt's character comes into the universe, and they have a war to determine who is the sexiest. Between the two. Oh. So that's the plot of the movie. That's a that's really a battle. good plot. So there's no fighting. It's just Staring at George the Clooney and Brad Pitt with their shirts off. Oh. And uh, the, the Avengers are judging <laughs> whether, whether there's... And they make them do different things, different dances, different... Pull-ups. They lather them with oil. They do push-ups, <laughs> pull-ups. And that determines... Uh, I mean, and then they bring people in from the multiverse to help judge. That's they call on people... Remember that episode of Rick and Morty that was like they had the the gods that came down and they had to like do different things. That's what oh, happened. The dance yeah. one. So or that, no, the song that's one. what happens. The yeah. song one. Um I don't like this version. So of that. this version was much you, better. Ten in out your of 10. world you you have helium in your air because your voice is much higher. Um I well, our oxygen is a different level in this universe. Okay, gotcha. So I'm not used to this this oxygen. So anyway. Uh, I just wanted to say I'm going to close the vault. And uh, in our universe, the Movie Vault is a hugely successful podcast with millions of viewers. And I was kind of sad to see this sorry setup <laughs> in this universe. This is the this is the terrible one. Where the yeah. or what's it? You guys would want everything come everywhere. My universe and kill me in order to set up your podcast and 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 live the lifestyle. It's like in everything everywhere. The one character who is like the successful one. That's me. But what's the and one? And we also wear our polo shirts backwards in this universe. What's that's the one where she factor. says, "They say that that version of the the mom and that and everything everywhere was like the least success." Like she says, it was like the 
I can't remember the exact. Yeah, we are the least successful. That's what I was. You thinking. are no, no. You are the least you successful version. Yeah, which means you're. I mean, you're still pretty successful for being the least successful. So I guess That's true. Imagine how successful you could be. Well, I guess we can dreamwalk into it. All right. With that, I'm gonna close the vault. <laughs> See ya. Bam.